You are now listening to a Rabble Press podcast. I didn't expect some kind of cinematic inquisition. Nobody expects a cinematic inquisition. Welcome, everybody, to the Cinematic Inquisition. My name is Tyler Hoskin, and joining me today is Mark Bunn. Hey, hey, hey. And Lindsay Shrapko. Hello. Bonjour. Okay, today uh, we've decided to discuss uh, the Disney Plus movie, Turning Red. Just because it's set in Canada, and, you know, why not? Because that's that's what we do. We like to look at our own space. You go, I've been there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, it's also directed by you know a fellow Canadian who grew up here. Well, and the whole the, the whole I casting the female, I think, to direct this Pixar film. And I believe it's like the whole ca- most of the cast and crew are Canadian. So like this is a very yeah, was, very Canadian yeah, she production. Big, she made a big point to have all Canadians working on this. Which is fantastic, and it was a great movie. I thoroughly enjoyed this. Me too. It was so much fun. I have one gripe. What was that? No, my third time watching it, I still didn't. Oh, yeah, I watched it for the second time. And again, I only have one gripe. One teensy little gripe. Toronto. Toronto. (laughs) Nobody... Toronto. Nobody says <laughs> Toronto that are even remotely from the area. I will say that some people with accents, including my own mother, will say okay. it like that. Hold on, though. Uh, uh, and I will, I will give you a pass on this. Immigrants um, that came to Ca- that have come to Cam- Canada will say. Toronto. My uh, sister-in-law was British, and she had been here for like years and years and years. She would still say Toronto. No, like, no, no, no. What are you saying? Toronto. Toronto. <laughs> so I'll give you that. People born here or who sp- and speak English fluently do not pronounce that second T. And really, are there any O's in it? Say say it. Toronto. Okay, so you, you put an O at the end of it. Yeah. Toronto. Ty? You put an O at the end. I say yeah. Toronto. Toronto. That's how my dad says it. Now he's from there. He's from he was born in North York, right? Sure. And he's he's always said Toronto. So it like the way I pronounce it is, is like T E R A N A. But then there are people who say Detroit. And others who say Detroit. I say Detroit. See? But if you're from Canada, if you're from Canada, born here, or if you even came over when you were so young that, you know, all you really speak is English, it's not Toronto. I have a very white friend who says Tim Horton. Who says Tim Horton? I can't even say. Okay, here's yeah. the other thing with Canadians: <laughs> yeah. you tend not to say the second T in anything, or if it's a double T, it's it's always a D, yeah, or it's not pronounced at all. Right. So it's like Toronto. You you never say that T. Same or, friends as button. In I was just gonna say like, you don't say <laughs> butter, but but butter. Butter. 
She does Butter. though. Our our D our T's become D's very quickly. I I can't wrap my head around the the T the second T in any word or if it's a double T how it's pronounced as a T. T you know, so like when you say put the pedal to the metal, it sounds like you're saying pedal and metal, but you're saying pedal and metal. If you can figure that one out, I follow. I follow. It's literally read red. Yeah, read red. But it's right. But it's it does. From what I understand, it is semi-unique to Canadians where that double T becomes a D. And the second T in a word doesn't really get said. You know, we'll say Edmonton, but we won't say, we'll say badminton, badminton. You know, badminton. I I can't, yeah, badminton. It's weird. It's like... Aluminium and aluminum. No, and absolutely. Absolutely. But again, because of a dialect. Yeah. For whatever reason. But that is the only gripe I had in the entire movie is every time they said Toronto, Toronto, <laughs> I it, that second T got me. Ever, I, I kind of cringed every time. I'm like, oh, who says that? <laughs> Especially if you go there. That said, what was really cool, it like... The Lester B. Pearson Middle School, I I think the only way they could have possibly made it better would have been if it was called Degrassi Junior High, in my opinion. <laughs> oh, man, that would have been great. Because but it's not based on real world locations, though, right? That's, no, that's what I know. Going. It was just one of those things that it would have been so, it would have been meta-Canadian if it was called that. Because apparently, like, we are, not a lot of places have middle schools. You no. know, and even now they're filtering out of middle schools. Like I went to a middle school, but the I kids, know. the kids didn't, the, they don't go, they haven't gone to a middle school. It's now those elementary schools are from JK to grade eight. So that middle school in that era, you know, yeah. um, uh, looking at the license plates, oddly oh, enough, yes. I was, I want, I wanted to see what it said. And I, sure enough, it, yours to discover Right. So I'm like, okay, that's accurate. That's good. You know, there were a lot of little nods, um, you know, at first, you know, when you see the Tim Hortons box, you know, donut box get put down. And at first you just see Tim Holt. But then they go back to it and it does say Tim Hortons. Mm -hmm. Um, The Daisy Mart. That's another one. The Daisy Mart. Yes, I did. When I saw the Daisy Mart, I'm like, wow. <laughs> well, this was what ninety two. Uh, no, so no, it's two thousand two thousand two. So it started in nineteen ninety four. Her as a kid, mm-hmm. and then takes place in two thousand two, which is a great area for that because Skydome was still Skydome, correct? Mm-hmm. And I'd love to know how much they had to pay for. Please. The use oh my god, Sky not just the name Skydome because Rogers it's the Rogers Center, mm-hmm. but to be able to refer to it as Skydome and pre skyscrapers like that's mm-hmm. the skyline you used to see going into the city. You know, yeah. for the longest time, I remember when we'd, we'd go to Toronto to visit my Babu, you know, the you knew you were heading into the city, you'd see the CN Tower. 
And then, you know, when Sky Dome was built in 87, question mark, 87, 89, 87? It was being built in 87, finished construction in 89. Okay. You know, then you had the little, you know, dome, which the CN Tower and the dome hindsight is very phallic, but whatever. You have the CN Tower, <laughs> you have the dome. And that's the skyline. You know, you people who grew up in the area, people who'd go to Toronto, that's what we all, you always knew you were about to get there because that's what you saw. Now it's all covered in skyscrapers and there's no, you know, the the condos and everything else. You don't get to see no. how how beautiful the skyline of Toronto was going into it anymore because it's all covered up. Mm-hmm. So that was brilliant. And then I think... Picking 2002, aside from being able to use Skydome, um, the boy band bad. Oh, yeah. So I had it late 80s with New Kids on the Block. And then there was like this resurgence with, with NSYNC and Backstreet Boys, Backstreet Boys and, and stuff like that. So like what, 98 Degrees, there there was a whole bunch of them all at once, you like know? Town. Oh yeah, O Town. And I think that's where the Four Town thing kind of comes in. It's yeah. like O Town. Yeah. So it's it's I as a you know when I was in grade eight, thirteen. Granted, it was fifteen or a lot earlier. It was very similar. You know, in middle school, in grade eight, doing all that. Like it 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 definitely hit a lot of good notes nostalgically for me even being, you know, from a previous decade. Yeah. yeah, because those things sort of, it, it came back. It's still the same feelings, the same type. Exactly. Of, you yeah. know, I, I went to Skydome to see New Kids on the Block. So I get it. I totally understand it, right? I, I get it. Um, Did you also get those teeny magazines and with the, the posters in them? And then... Bob. The big yeah, buffer. Oh God, yeah. You have no idea how much money I spent on that crap. <laughs> wall to wall to wall to wall to ceiling. You had to get the ceiling done too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you knew you were that you were all all in for that. So there there it did hit a lot of cool nostalgic notes for me. Um the Tamagotchi, again, that was yeah. not me. That would have been more later but i understood it and was familiar with it it was you know all the rage you know i get that i i okay i didn't get it because i got <laughs> i was too old i'm like what are you doing feeding what but i i totally like they they really hit the the right fads oh yeah in for that time well i mean it really helps when dami shi the director I think based most of this, if not all of this experience on her own life, so on her own upbringing and in Toronto, right? So Right. And see, and that's it. The the cultural aspect of the movie I, I found very fascinating because when you do watch movies that um are predominantly Asian in nature, there's a, a few reoccurring themes. You have you know, honor the family, honor your ancestors. That's always a big one. Um, and then usually there's always an overbearing mother. I don't know if that's actually the case, Mark. In my you're opinion. nodding your head. 
Yes, in my family it was. My dad was exactly like the dad in this movie, <laughs> and my mom was exactly like the mom in this movie. Especially when it came to my like schoolwork. Oh my god! If I didn't get perfect, she'd be like, well, you know, what happened? And, oh. I, was, I was first in the class. Like, what do you want me to do? Be higher than first. <laughs> do better. And that's it because and, and, you know, we even had a shrine. Like we don't, we didn't have a, like an actual shrine, like the one in the movie, like an actual shrine shrine. But we have one at home for our grandparents and our great grandparents. So we have always have incense going and you know pictures of them and just you know to show our respects and like they do in the, in the film exactly the same thing. Right. That and to me that's that's very interesting because again, I'm sure somewhere down the road given a few more generations, you'd probably lose sight of that. But when you have parents, especially who are, you know, like my dad's first gen, my Babu came here after world war one. So he did get a fair amount of, of her culture, but from even my dad to me, there's really not a whole lot. Can you make pierogies? You know, and it's funny, my dad, he's <laughs> never been able, like he was, my Babu taught him numerous times. Uh, he can't seem to pinch the dough properly to get it to stick the way she did. Uh, yeah. Which so, is funny because it's similar to what happens in the movie with the dumplings. With the dumplings. And that's it. And that's, so from from that generation point of view, absolutely. But it got lost between my dad and me for put ahead and it was because he could never actually pinch the dough properly and make it stick so it didn't fall apart when you boiled them right <laughs> he could he just it would he'd put them in and then they'd just fall apart and he'd be like oh all right <laughs> oh yeah so he so it's it kind of got lost between him and me and it could be you know he's first gen i'm second gen and it's already like I'm not telling Lexi, look it up on YouTube. <laughs> you know, that's what that would be. But it seems, and especially in the Asian community, uh, it lasts longer. Mm -hmm. Like honoring your ancestors and paying respects to respect to your ancestors. And, and that it actually carries on further down the line as opposed to, you know, like as my dad, he was, he's Ukrainian. It kind of stopped there. Whereas it, Honoring that is ingrained in the culture so much that it, it doesn't get lost right away. And not only that, but like when we first came over, there was like always a close knit of immigrants that grew, grew up to like my, my parents have been friends with the same people since they were in Canada. And that's been almost 40 years. So, and they're still friends to this day. And that group has always been tight and, you know, they have friends of friends, then there's always the, the monks, and then that's another community gathering for the same amount of people. So it's always, that culture is always there for us. We never lose sight of it because we're always surrounded by it. Which is so awesome. Yeah. You know, like, again, I'm like, my mom's like, we're, we've been here like hundreds of years. It's not even, you know, we're Canadian. Yeah. I'm sure, trace it back long or far enough, eh, it's Scotland, but really, we're Canadian. I mean, I'm sure when your your babu like immigrated over, he wasn't like part of like hundreds of Ukrainians coming over, right? That's um, well, the Ukraine being the Ukraine, yeah, they tend to leave in droves, you know. 
she left with her family, with her sisters, and a lot of people left at that time after the First World War. And, but it was, she didn't have, because she came to Toronto, there wasn't as big of a Ukrainian community as, say, if she was to have gone to Alberta. Mm. So Toronto itself wasn't a big Ukrainian community. Like, she she taught herself how to read and how to speak. Like, again, it was always a story told to me anyways. Harlequin romance novels. Like, that's how she learned the language to be able to communicate. And it there really wasn't that Ukrainian community. Um, it wasn't until she actually moved to Hamilton. Uh, we got her in Villa Kiev over by the mall when mm. it was first built. And mm-hmm. it's a, a Ukrainian... Polish, like it's actually that kind of community. So she found more of a sense of community in her golden years compared to when she first moved here. Mm -hmm. You know, whereas again, it's, it, it kind of got lost for a bit, but she was able to reconnect to it, but it wasn't something that she was able to do, you know, during that time. I mean, they, they owned a one room apartment, you know, it's, it's, you know, way different back then, but that's because, you know, everybody in my family is old. <laughs> it, we are. And then the other thing, um, and I got to give props. I, I mean, I, I tend to like fictional bands sometimes more than real bands. You know, everything from Stillwater to DeJour to, you know, The Wonders. Hmm. Fort Town is up there for me. Like, and I know it was... Uh, What's his name? Phineas. Phineas, yeah. Bill he's a, he's a popular fella yeah. in he's this day and writer. age. You know, I heard that Top about nature. him. Uh, but it was very, without the obvious undertones of what DuJour was in Josie and the Pussycats, <laughs> it was very much that same feel, boy band feel, like the the music. Like I was listening to the lyrics at the end and I'm like, this could, like, I could say this yeah, could be a quote-unquote real song. Yeah. It kind of yeah. is a real song. It is, yeah. You know? And I love that they did the whole, she goes through the whole band. It's it's always the same with all these boy bands. Like, you have the three main people and then the, these two. And then two guys. That was John and Danny. <laughs> John, yes, John, that, Jonathan Knight and Danny they all Woods. Had it. Like, That's who, who they, they were. were. It was uh, Lance and, what's Kevin? I don't right? know. <laughs> I don't know. Like, oh, and that's, man. that's what I, I thought it was hilarious. Cause one is called four town, even though there's five of them. Five of them yeah. Which I is love how they actually, they actually mentioned that in the movie too. Like, yeah, but yeah. there's five of them, <laughs> you know, that's hilarious. And then the, you have the two that are just there, <laughs> which again, Literally. isn't, isn't unlike what a lot of, you know, there's Spot always on, yeah. the two or three that are, at the forefront, and then you got, you know, the other guys. <laughs> I was, I would, ha- I would go so far as to almost say that's the same with like the Spice Girls or something. Uh, you know, well, let's just let's just say that you know, Forty Spice wasn't nearly as in the forefront. Same with Posh. Everyone knows who she is, but when it came to the music. I would say Posh was like the lowest one because she. Yeah, I would say it went it went Posh and 
Mel B or Mel C. So it, it goes posh, sporty. Yeah. And then there's three others. Gary, <laughs> Baby, and Ginger. <laughs> I know. Again, Spice Girls was a little beyond yeah. my time. But <laughs> same idea. You know, you kind of have the the ones in the background, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I mean, there was so much. And, I mean, red pandas are awesome. I just want to say that. Like, yeah, I wish I had definitely. a red panda because they're awesome and adorable to begin with. And to have that as, like, your power animal is even more awesome. And I mean, I'm sure it's, you know, they sort of hint at it. And again, every girl, <laughs> you know, when mom starts bringing boxes of <laughs> feminine nap and you're just like, oh, dear God, make this stop now. A water bottle, tea. Oh, my God. The horror of being 13 again is coming back to me and I'm like living this terrible uh, you know cringeworthy <laughs> moment and i mean to say that it it happens at puberty and you know the changing you know and all of that there's there's probably a little bit of you know that in you know her turning red turning into a panda but at the mm. same time it was just like oh yeah this is this is why <laughs> mothers and daughters try to avoid those parts of the years to no avoid run <laughs> absolutely you know see your mom holding up no mom <laughs> make it I stop that scene when she first wakes up and when she tells the father not to eat sugar and he sneaks in the timbit every time she looks away <laughs> and then the, the second time is when she finally asks you know is your red peony blooming and he just backs so he's like, oh. Fuck. And he goes, yep. He's gone. He yeets right out of there. Like, uh, nope. <laughs> but there's uh, there's so much to like about the movie. Canadiana aside, mm -hmm. you know, just the, the mother-daughter relationship and the mother sort of you know, it, it usually happens in stories like this where it, you know, she she doesn't real really realize it, but she she's kind of doing to her daughter what her mother did to her. Mm -hmm. You know, it it's sort of a reoccurring theme in a lot of movies. Uh, this is just done in a really fun way because, again, you know, now I was allowed to go to concerts, but at the same time, you know, in my teenage years, if I was out late. My mom was driving around the city of Hamilton looking for my ass. And even though it wasn't a gigantic ass red panda tearing apart the roof of Sky Dome, I know what she was feeling because I've been there. And it's just like, oh, dear God, make it stop now. And then I, I feel like you, you, you haven't done that to Lexi at all. No, I, I yeah. let her do her thing, but she was, yeah. here's the other thing. She was always a good girl. I didn't have to worry about her. <laughs> like, you know, she was a responsible child. I don't know how. Well, yeah, I know how. I've got two boys. That's that's where the karma comes and bites me in the ass. <laughs> but Lexi was great. I, I didn't have to worry about her at all. And then the one, because when I was watching it, the priest or monk or whoever it was that was going to help her 
Yeah. He's the guy that you know in everything. James Hong. Come on. David Lopan. Seinfeld. Uh, Chinese restaurant. Right. He's he's in everything. Yeah. But he's even what in the I, we're all at once. But what I didn't realize is how old he is, but how good he looks for his age. Like, damn. You know Ming Na? Who plays uh the voice of Mulan? She's in the she was in Boba Fett's Phoenix Shand. Yeah, yeah. She's 58. Fuck that. That's not even Right? Fair. It's not even fair. <laughs> no, and I mean, no, because I look at like the everything, everywhere, all at once type, whatever that movie is. Yeah. Um, when I look at Michelle Yeoh, I'm like, that's just not fair. Yeah. 59. I, I, gorgeous. Yeah. Absolutely gorgeous. Bastards. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's like hearing his voice i'm like oh my god it's the guy <laughs> i i don't i can't remember his name but he's the guy so and i when i saw his age i'm like damn like he's like he's like 90 something at least 93 90 something i think 93 19 you said 93 93 he's 93 wow yeah 19 1929 that looks like he's still in the 60s yeah it's crazy and i have to the the very end so you know there's not usually end credits i like watching the credits of pixar movies because i like uh seeing the babies like the babies mm-hmm. that are born at the credits mm-hmm. and i wanted to see i wanted to see uh the fortown like the songs I w- yeah. but they put that fairly early on which i was surprised at then we have an end credit scene yeah which i didn't expect I did not expect it. And it's the dad grooving on out to Fortown. So good. Like, the dad is this little gem in the whole movie. Like, he's he he doesn't really do much otherwise, but there's a he has these few moments, you know, like and when he's talking with her, uh oh. What did I do? Are you guys I don't know what I did. I touched something on the keyboard. Don't, okay. Don't touch anything. All right. I try. I don't know what I did, but you know, he's like, you know, these are with he's you're with your friends. You're having fun, right? And yep. he's sort of the catalyst to, you know, get her to realize that no, she she wants to keep it. He has just these little nuggets, these little gems of knowledge that he drops here and there. Doesn't say much otherwise. You know, it's kind of cute that the whole reason the mom went like just ballistic was you know because of a boy and it turns out the boy was him which is again super cute but then we have this end credit scene and it's like man the dad is awesome you know quiet but very good Mm -hmm. picks his moments well he does yes Cooks cooks a mean meal. Yep. Now a little, I wouldn't say it, no, but I was a little disappointed that they called it porridge in the film when they didn't actually call it kanji, which is what it is. But I guess it's for translation purposes for you know the mainstream audience. Porridge comes across as more. Oh, I know what that is. Relatable. Kanji. Yeah. Yeah. And then. Yeah, I, I just remembered this. Like when she first goes into the the temple, 
and the pandas, their names, the red yeah, panda Art names, Lisa. Art and Lisa. <laughs> hi, Bert. Hi, Lisa. You know, giving them high fives. Yeah. <laughs> that was like the golden age, just past the golden age of the Simpsons, because that would have been about season 12. So, right. Just past its prime. And that's it. But they, you know, again, she probably would have been watching a lot of reruns. Yeah. Because they know, were all on that... all time that, like, I remember. Oh, every channel. Four, from four to five on CFMT. An yeah. hour since. So every <laughs> channel. But yeah, it, it again, it was a very feel-good movie, which you expect from Pixar. Mm-hmm. I think the only thing, thank God, you know, Pixar movies usually have that moment. And I didn't have this moment. Movie it didn't have that moment. And no. I'm kind of happy. Like, it, I it's, know. It's, it's not that I, <laughs> I missed the moment. But there's always that, you know, I'm going to tear your heart out now while it's beating and yeah. show it to you and you're going to ball your eyes out moment yeah. of Pixar movies. And we didn't get it. And I'm like, wow, I'm quite happy. I didn't get it. <laughs> I was waiting for it. I was sitting there going, okay, when are they going to crush me? When are they going to do yeah. this? Yeah. And they exactly. did. I was like, oh, well, that's relief. And that's, I was waiting for it. And thankfully the shoe never dropped because, oh, I would have died because they and again it's always some you know you you think of the movies and it's just that one moment Mm -hmm. you know whether it's you know someone not waking up or you know someone not getting past the first 10 minutes of a movie (laughs) you know there's always that moment you know the sad song yeah but there was no like sad song it was it was nice and very, you know, good from beginning to end, and no like happy tears because mm-hmm. I do get you know I get a little choked up whenever I watch anything nowadays, but nothing like I, you did it to me again, Pixar. Yeah, which is is quite I I quite like that. Trying to think if there was anything else that I caught. I know they had the little teddy bear in the background with the little maple leaves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and the kid, uh, the boy who turned out to be the four town. Tyler. Tyler. Yes. What's cool. <laughs> and again, it could have been, you know, you can only get so many copyright, you know, stuff because that would have been the time that Vince Carter was on the Raptors, right? So he was wearing the colors of the jersey, and I want to say his number, but not, it it didn't have like a Raptors logo or anything on it, probably due to copyright or whatever. And then same with like when they're rebuilding the Sky Dome and the Blue Jay lands on the, you know, again, little nod, you, you don't have to say... Here's the Blue Jays. It's just yeah. a little bird that if you know, you know, you know, and a lot of people don't know, which is still nice that, you know, it's it's the, the little things for us Canadians that, you know, have lived in the area. We get those little moments where it's like, yeah, that's that's for us. Yeah, for so. sure. Uh, anything else that you would like to add to Turning Red other than if you haven't friggin' watched it, go watch it. And if you have, go watch it again. I wish those released in theaters. <laughs> yeah, that would have been nice. 
It's interesting because was Encanto released in theaters? Uh, I don't think it was. I don't know. I don't think so. I want to. I want to say. But this Luke, is like the first big Pixar film that wasn't right. Like all the previous Pixar films was always released in theaters. Even Onward was released in theaters. That was at the very beginning, though, wasn't it? Because yeah. it went to it went to Disney Plus right away. But I want to say, Luca, and Encanto, Stole, and I think no, Encanto Red. Encanto got uh, was open in theaters. It's got did it. It's got a domestic opening of twenty seven point two million dollars. What about Soul? I think Soul. Yeah, there were three. I think this is the third one that wasn't released. Or Soul might have gotten a simultaneous release. Soul might have got a simultaneous. Yeah. Uh, No, there's Soul was not released, at least not domestically. So that makes sense. Which is also a really good movie. Another good movie. Absolutely, yes. I I really enjoyed it, too. Really liked that one. You know, I know some people don't care for it much, but I really liked that one. And Encanto was really good too like they're they again disney for their animation disney and pixar have kind of gotten into a really good groove where you just assume they're gonna win every year at this point you know except for when spider-man comes out again (laughs) there are always exceptions (laughs) but yeah no i i can't think of anything else as i said there was my one gripe Right on. That's it. All right, so uh, we're gonna watch uh, Apollo Ten and a Half for next week. Uh, just learned about this movie today. It's an, on Netflix. It just launched this past weekend. So put it in your book, in your calendar, on your list, or whatever. Watch it and uh, come back, and we'll talk about it next week. Thank you for listening. See how that turns out. You've been listening to a Rabble Press podcast. Visit rabblepress.com for more podcasts.